your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to a Monday of Lacrosse Talk PM. Welcome to Oktoberfest. Not quite a week, but it is the week of Oktoberfest, even though Oktoberfest isn't, a, what, 10 days long anymore? Four days? I mean, it's been like that for quite a while, but Thursday we kick off things with the Torchlight Parade and Everybody goes crazy all weekend. So uh, the rest of the rest of the week, not today. I worked on it, but I didn't get anyone. A lot of people busy on Monday, and it's five p.m. on a Monday. So who wants to do any work? Um, I'm going to try to talk about Oktoberfest in some capacity or another. But if you have calls, if you have memories, if you want to talk about Oktoberfest, bottom half of the hour is a good day to do that today. Six zero eight seven eight five seven nine one four is the talk and text line. So. You could shoot me a text as well. I don't often... I've done Oktoberfest, obviously. I've gone down there. Um, I'm allergic to beer, so there's that. <laughs> so, when it comes to Oktoberfest, I'm, I'm, I'm at a capacity level lower than everybody else because I can't enjoy the festivals in that regard, right? The tapping of the golden keg means... Literally only that to me because I can't actually drink the beer that comes out of the golden keg. But uh, I've, I've been down there. It's it's a uh, you know Oktoberfest grounds to me can be pretty fun, especially if it's if it's like it's going to be out today. That's going to be awesome. But also not my thing <laughs> either. So I could, I've been there and done that, and then uh, and now I don't often do be, be there and do that. But I can understand part part of it. I guess maybe make me understand what it is about Oktoberfest that uh, lacrosse loves so much. I'm going to bring some historians on this week too, and uh, maybe the fest president to talk about why why is lacrosse, except for maybe places in Germany. Why is lacrosse the place to be to celebrate Oktoberfest? At least in Wisconsin, right? I, I don't have any history of Oktoberfest anywhere else in the United States, except you know, Wisconsin, really. I mean, I don't even know what Oktoberfest is like. I live in Minnesota, but I don't go to the cities all that often, so I wouldn't even know what Oktoberfest is like in the cities, but maybe you do. 608-785-7914. Uh, a story on wisdomnews.com. I don't have an answer to this, but this is something we've often talked about on the show in, in regards to uh, politicians and lawsuits. But Wisconsin's Assembly Speaker is suing to block a subpoena that orders him to testify before the that January 6th commission, right? The House Commission. So Robin Voss has, has filed a lawsuit in federal court in Wisconsin arguing that the subpoena falls outside the scope of the committee's investigation at the last year's Capitol attack. Literally on wisdomnews.com, he's in a private jet with Donald Trump talking about overturning the election in Wisconsin. Like, he's, it literally happened. He ordered an investigation. Uh, Michael Gableman was that investigator. I'm doing air quotes. And, um, and then he fired... After a million dollars and and no out of evidence for fraud or or overturning the election, he fired Michael Gableman partly because Michael Gableman then endorsed his opponent in the primary election. So, like, if we don't 
And we don't see that for, for the BS that it is. Uh, or we're going to do this 2020 investigation. Okay, it's now getting out. of we, we're, And we're going to run it up to the midterms. Because why not? We're going to perpetuate this, quote-unquote, the big lie, right? We're going to perpetuate that, use it right up until the midterms, and uh, have that be our catapult into victory uh, heading uh, into these November elections that are, you know, month and a month and a half away. Um, and then, and then that investigator kind of, so he doesn't find a whole lot of things. He, he appears to be somewhat incompetent. He's doing his investigation on a public library and uh, he's not giving up open records. He's, he's withholding and, and, de- and deleting open records requests, deleting records, I should say, that were requested you know, via the open records requests that uh, media outlets often do. And and then, yeah, and then the guy that hires him, Robin Voss, fires him because, because why? <laughs> right around the same time that that guy endorsed, and also Donald Trump endorsed Voss's opponent in a primary election. And we can get into, uh, we don't need to get into why the, the primary elections in Wisconsin are dangerous because of gerrymandering, but... Also, like the dude just, Robin Voss just fired the guy he hired to do the investigation, maybe for some things, but obviously it came right around the time he endorsed his opponent. So kind of goofy, uh, kind of obvious, right? Like there's like red lights, but like this doesn't make, this, this makes perfect sense and also shouldn't, shouldn't be a thing, right? So we could get into that at the bottom half of the hour some more too, if you want. We're not going to be able to do that. In the next segment, though, because I am talking with Gunderson's infection preventionist, I think, or infection specialist. She has a funny, it's not specialist, because her her name isn't like, she doesn't specialize in giving infections, but kind of preventionist, I think that's it. Megan Meller, and we're going to talk about the flu in some regard. So often it's just like, get a flu shot, right? But maybe this year, maybe, might be a little different. Stay tuned. Welcome back. I'm Rick Solom. I'm on the phone with Megan Meller. She's the infection preventionist at Gunderson here in La Crosse. And uh, this isn't like most exciting thing to talk about, Megan, because over two years and talking to you a couple of different times about about these, the, this worldwide pandemic that we had of this unknown thing that's kind of coming to fruition now. But as we get into the the aftermath a little bit. Not, I know. I don't know if we're category, categorizing COVID as a pandemic anymore. But as we get to the aftermath of this, we we might see a flu outbreak coming in the in Wisconsin in the U.S. Can you explain that a little bit? Yeah. So you know, every year we're kind of always right around this time we're always focusing on getting people vaccinated for the flu because we know that the, our flu season typically begins in you know December January. So we want to get ahead of that. And ever since the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen flu transmission go down, which is which is good. But that also means that we're due for potentially a really bad flu season. And okay. that's kind of come to fruition already for the Southern Hemisphere. They had a really early start and really severe season. OK, so, so why why is the why would you why would we say the flu over the past couple of years has gone down? I can I can tell you why, but you could tell me why, too. <laughs> Yeah, so a couple of things, you know, we were really, I think many in the community were worried when COVID-19 first hit that they were going to have what they called a, a twindemic. So essentially both influenza and COVID-19, I'd say, raging in the community. 
And that's actually not what we saw that first year. We saw pretty much flu was non-existent, and that was true across the country. Um, in retrospect, it was due in large part to the fact that people were masking and were staying apart. Um, and then that also kind of played out the same way last year. And so, you know, because of that, it's really kind of setting us up for, you know, a pretty severe flu season. And the data from the last 20 years supports that as well. Yeah. So the idea here is we've been I'll just I'll just say the kind of goofy way we've been hiding from covid. We've been wearing masks for a while there. We were isolating at home. And because of that, because of doing that and we were getting booster, we were getting covid vaccine and maybe people, maybe people weren't getting a flu vaccine. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe you have the numbers there, but because we were doing that, we, and maybe because we weren't getting a flu vaccine, our immune system hasn't been fighting off the flu for two years and therefore we're susceptible to an, a, a flu virus. Does that kind of explain it? Yeah. Yeah. You're spot on. And so, you know, usually each year we have people, you know, the, the, our, you know, population, our community, you're either getting the flu shot or they've had the flu. And so that's really protecting them, you know, from year to year. But when you, you know, when vaccination rates go down and when food's not circulating, people just don't have that built up immunity anymore, which does then put them at risk for, you know, really coming down with a nasty case of the flu potentially this year. Okay. And so what the numbers are telling you is people in Wisconsin and maybe the U.S. and maybe the world through either last year, the last two years haven't been getting flu vaccines. So we have the numbers for Wisconsin and it's less than 50 percent. And so even when we compare earlier years, I think roughly only 30 on average, 30 percent of the population got their flu shot last year. And when we look at all age groups, when we break that down, like all age groups, the numbers were down pretty, you know, significantly, significantly compared to even four years ago. All right. What number? So we want to be, well, we probably want to be at 99%, but what is like the, so the average in past years before a pandemic was about 50% of people were getting flu vaccines? Correct. Yeah. All right. Now we're down to 30%. So there's a 20% difference there. And we're already seeing hints at what's coming at us because we look at that, you mentioned the Southern Hemisphere, and I have this stat. Australia had 600 cases of flu in labs, recorded by labs, in 2021. So last year, 600, which seems kind of crazy. That seems like a very low number. And then, especially when I compare it to the second half of the stat, that number jumped to this year to 217,000. It doesn't even seem realistic, Megan. It doesn't. And yet, you know, viruses can do strange things. And I think that's, you know, what we're concerned about is that, you know, that that same scenario is going to play out, you know, play out for us in the next couple of months. All right. So when when I'm thinking about getting the flu vaccine, you're telling me to do it now. Does that vaccine change over the next couple of months because they're trying to adjust based on the strain or is the flu vaccine the flu vaccine? What we have this year is what we have. So what we have this year is what we have. And so vaccines, they usually they they pick the strain in the spring, you know, by looking at past data. So this is, you know, I really agreed upon by, and you know, international experts. And so what we have, you know, this year is based off of data from last year. So it will not change. It's, you know, the, the vaccine we have right now will be the vaccine that we have for the flu season. All right. So when you say get it now, there's no there's no reason to hold out. Get it now. I guess the, the other reason I'm thinking like, hey, why if I should hold out because the vaccine only lasts so long. So if I wait a couple of weeks or a month when it's really cold in flu season, like when it's when we're all staying inside because of because it's zero degrees out, right? Because does the vaccine wear off? Is there any, does that make any sense? Or are you saying that, no, don't do that? Oh, no, definitely. So there is like one age group. So if, if you're looking at, if you're 65 or older, 
it might be best to hold out until October to get your flu shot because we know that the older you get, um, the more the, the less robust your immune system is. And so your immunity might wear off a little bit faster. And so if you get vaccinated, I'd say mid-October, that vaccine will cover you throughout the entire flu season. But for, you know, anyone else, um, you know, particularly right now, it's a good idea to, if you have kids coming in for their sports physicals or if, you know, you're pregnant and let's say you're, you're due sometime in the winter, now's a really good time to make sure that you, you're vaccinated because, you know, it's just, if you're pregnant, that, that, that immunity will protect your child. And for kids, it might just be hard to get them back into the clinic later on in the year. So it's kind of like if they're already in for that appointment, it's just a good idea to get, make sure that they're, they're protected. All right. So you have you have two takes on on why, and I think one is on kids. So you have one take you were mentioning before the show about just healthy kids getting vaccinated because not because of like when we talk about COVID and even the flu, kids need to get vaccinated to protect older people. Is that still relevant with flu vaccine? Is that kind of how that still works? You know, it's still relevant. The way I always think it too is like I wouldn't want to give if I had the flu, I wouldn't want to give it to you know a loved one. And so that definitely still works. But one of the things we see with kids, especially um, healthy, I say healthy kids, healthy teens and young adults, is that in some rare instances, when we talk about pediatric mortality to the flu, it's due it's 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 kids or young adults who were previously healthy, you know, before they acquired the flu, and and then when they when they get sick, their bodies over respond. So it's it's a trend that we you know it's something that we've seen happen you know even historically like with the 1918 pandemic. But it's just another really good reason to make sure that you know that everyone is getting vaccinated, including the health, including the young and healthy. All right, so this is rare, but kids and young adults who don't get the flu vaccine, there is a case where your body, if you do end up getting the flu, your body over responds, and it and it's it, it might kill the kid or the young adult or it might severely hurt, hurt them down the road it could i mean it, it could result in hospitalization it could result in death yes i mean state of scum outside numbers you know at, you know at most it could be a handful each year but still a handful is still a handful too many all right so the other thing too the stat from australia is just crazy 600 cases and it jumped to two hundred seventeen thousand this year the, my question is wouldn't that have occurred last year i feel like i feel like we threw the masks away for the most part are you, but maybe am I wrong there? And that's why we haven't seen the flu numbers jump because I feel like these numbers should have jumped last year. And I think that's what we were thinking too, but ultimately it still got, comes down to, you know, viruses are, you know, we can't, you know, they're not people. It's really hard to kind of predict what they're going to do. And for whatever reason, last year, the, the flu virus just wasn't circulating that strong, you know, and, and that could happen just also due to chance. And so it's probably a combination of just, you know, what the virus was doing and some of the actions that we were taking. Yeah. I want to say like, man, maybe we killed the virus because we were so like safe, but Australia and and the Southern hemisphere, because they're going through winter right now, it's their flu season. They're coming out of flu season now because their seasons are different. So we're seeing that. Nope. That's not the case at all. All right. Anything else with like the flu? Cause I, I do have some COVID questions. Anything else with the flu, Megan? Yeah. So one of the things, you know, we talked about, you know, can people get vaccinated now? And they absolutely can. And so, you know, wherever you seek health care, you know, now's a really good time just to call your health provider if you're interested in getting that shot and seeing if you can get in for an appointment. Most, most if not all health insurance companies do cover the flu shot. And then come October, you'll see more um, advertising for, you know, immunization clinics. 
where, you know, in most healthcare systems have them. So you can just kind of go walk in without an appointment and get a flu shot. All right. And the flu shot, just one time deal, right? You don't get like a, a second one later in the in the winter. Right. So unless you're a child, so unless your child is, let's say, six months old and getting their shots for the first time, they'll need two flu shots. But for everyone else, it's just a one and done. All right. And you mentioned people over 65 wait till mid-October to get that. Everyone else get it now. All right. So one other thing I was some calls I had earlier this week. We we got into talking about boosters and no, we got into talking about COVID. I don't even remember the whole conversation, but I remember being very naive about where we're at as a country with boosters. And I know every age group is different. So I'm 44. If I remember right, I got my first shot. I waited two weeks. I got the second. I think I had Moderna, the Moderna vaccine. And then sometime later, I got a third shot, a booster shot is what I And I know we shouldn't call it booster shot because that's not what it is. But I got a third shot. Is there a different different age groups need different number of shots? Like where should I be at three? Do I need to think about getting a fourth shot? And and who needs to think about getting a fourth shot? And maybe a fifth shot? I don't even know if we're at five yet. Right. So, it, you know, it, it can be really confusing. So what I always recommend for people, if, you know, if they don't know, is just to Google, you know, CDC and COVID-19 shots and they'll, you know, COVID-19 vaccine. And they will really kind of break down, you know, who needs to, you know, who needs to get what. Um, you know, right now, they, we now have a new COVID booster um, that's out on the market, which is now updated to kind of reflect what is currently circulating in the community, much like the flu shot. And so the goal, you know, eventually is to get to where you just need one COVID-19 booster each year because it's, it's much more easier to get people vaccinated with it when it's a kind of a one-and-done shot like the flu vaccine. So that's, that's really the goal, and I think that's kind of where we're starting to get to already this fall. All right. So... Are we there yet where 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 when I come in and get a flu shot, I might also get a COVID vaccine shot? Yeah, so we so COVID nineteen the, the new COVID nineteen vaccine, the bivalent one, is now available in most clinics. And so it's you can get both of them together, the both the COVID nineteen shot and the flu shot together, which is really nice in that again you don't have to make, you know, two separate stops to a clinic to get it. You can just get them get them together. Okay, yeah, that was my next question. Do I need to get one and then the other because I don't know they interact. I don't want to feel double crappy because some people feel crappy after they get these vaccines. Yeah, you know, and some of the data does show that people do feel a little bit more fatigued after they get both shots, or their arm might hurt just a little bit more. But overwhelmingly, most people just experienced really or reported very mild, you know, reactions. And so for most people, it's just really good to, again just to save yourself on time and just get both those shots together. All right. Yeah. I might as well get them done. You know, get, feel crappy all at once. Just get it all over with if, if it, you do, in fact, feel crappy. Um, OK, so if I get the flu vaccine and the COVID vaccine, if I schedule an appointment at the same time, will will the same place if I go to Gunderson, is like the same nurse going to come in and do it at the same time or are we going to have to go get it, get the flu vaccine at one building and then I got to head over here and get a, a, the, the other vaccine? Do you know, no, you should be able to get them in the nope, same appointment. All right. Will she stick one in each arm at the same time? Like, she'll put her right hand out and her left hand out and just go at both arms right at the same time, you think? That I can't. Usually, they, no. Usually, they, <laughs> they do one and then they do the other. Okay. So, they don't get They're not that good at it yet, right? Uh, no. Yeah, clearly, I'm just kidding, people. Um, all right. That's Megan Beller. She's the infection preventionist at Gunderson here in La Crosse. Megan, thank you so much. Thank you so much, too. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. If you want to get in here, if you want to test Brad's memory, Brad Williams is sitting in the 
Wisdom Studio right now. See, now you've thrown me off with the the Patriot guy who was just on the commercial because I want to do a, a an Oktoberfest. Are are you prepared for Oktoberfest? Do you have enough brats and <laughs> buns <laughs> and pretzels? And you better have enough beer because um, you never know. You don't want to run out at Oktoberfest. It's close, but you're not. You don't. You're not I, I, I I know. I was like, it's got to be that southern kind of drawl there. Uh, and it sounds like a lot like Sam Elliott, but I don't. I don't have the. I don't ability. think it's Sam Elliott. Heard, it's a, somebody who sounds like Sam Elliott. I heard uh, Trace Adkins. Yeah. He was on Bill Maher's. Maybe that's Trace Adkins. Bill Maher has an HBO show. I can't remember yes, what he, it's called, but Trace real Ad, time, real time, yeah. And Trace Atkins, man, Trace Atkins, talk about a deep voice. I was just like, whoa. Mm-hmm. Like, you hear him sing, and of course, but when you just hear him talk. And he was awful quiet on the show when it was just the, the roundtable discussion. Anyway, off topic. Uh, <laughs> no, this is real time for us. We could we could do a mock commercial, you know, just you know, be prepared. Oh, we could. Yeah. <laughs> yes, be prepared. Do you, when beer. you have a whole lot of people coming over after the Torchlight Parade, do you have enough of your brats? Do you have enough brats and Make beer? sure you have enough beer. I don't have it either. I'd have to work on uh, the fake Sam Elliott. But I also I, I revealed, this is not a secret, but I'm allergic to beer, Brad. So the Oktoberfest celebration is kind yeah. of anticlimactic for me because I don't. I'm, I'm I not allergic do. to beer, but I'm just, nah, you know. yeah. <laughs> the tabbing of the I've, I've been, I have done the Miller Brewing, I've done the Miller Brewery tour, and I've sampled the beers at the end. And it's like, okay, I'll sample the beers. Yeah, I don't need to have this a lot so um speaking of the brewery our, our brewery what here. are we painting those six packs as what are we painting them at i don't know that it's going to be painted it might be the the slip cover over oh, yeah. over the tanks like they had before but i, th- I think no i think they're trying to you know, do the old style design again that either the one that they used to have uh before it switched over to city brewery or it could be really like you know classic old style design from the sixties. What if or we? What if we? Uh, what if they just didn't tell you, and then one day it's Rockstar Energy drinks? Oh, they wouldn't do that. Or they wouldn't do that. Or you talk about putting slip covers over the the quote unquote cans. What if they yes. put just a six pack cardboard box over the cans so that it looked like <laughs> the cans are in a? I guess you don't. Put well, cans then what in would be box. the point of it? No, they, they, we we built up so much that giant six pack that here are these. These tanks that look like cans of beer yeah. that that we don't want to lose that as a tourist attraction, do we? World's largest, right? World's largest. World's largest. No, uh, as far as we know, nobody has tried to build one bigger than that. Surprise, surprise. At one point, well, at some point, we'll cancel that, right? Like we won't, we won't want to be uh, promoting some. Yeah, somebody <laughs> might think, oh, that's oh, we don't like that. That's uh, problematic. Um, That's the right. favorite word is problematic. All right, Mark Mark is calling in. We'll we'll get into some of this history with Brad on, on Oktoberfest. Mark, go ahead, you're on the air. Hey Rick, I just wanna I'm gonna just focus on uh you know, I noticed Scott Robert Shaw's back on with his commentary and the other day you had another person comment about the four oh one Ks and the yeah, stock someone market. With, I just wanna someone with Cooley conservative Chris Muller. Chris Muller. All right. So my my point that I'm trying to get across to you is that I hope that other people are looking at the results of this administration effect on the 401k plans, because if you look at it, it did something it never did before, or maybe only once in history. You saw retirees that had switched their portfolio to a more conservative 
where they put more into their bonds. And at the, the bonds went down by 8% at the same time that the stocks went down. So even if you tried to be conservative in your portfolio, you saw your 401k tank. So we're living with over 8% inflation. We're living with a stock market that's tanking. And that all has to sit at the feet of Joe Biden, your president, that you obviously paid for. All right. So Joe Biden's causing inflation all over the world. Oh, what you so really? I mean, you're going to look at it and say he's been anti-carbon. You might as well, you know, if you go back in time, what we should have done is you should have just been honest about it and say, why don't we just produce the fossil fuels here and put a $3 a gallon tax on it instead of the approach they take where they shut off all the funding, make it hard to develop the fossil fuels. And then you look at Ukraine. It wasn't started when, when Trump was there. It was that whole Ukraine war started with Biden. And Biden approved the second pipeline that made Germany even more dependent on Russia. And we didn't have this Ukrainian war until Biden came in and started. And that caused oil and gas prices to go even higher. All right. So Joe Biden caused so Joe Biden's caused inflation and caused the Ukraine war, Russia invading the Ukraine war. Well, why don't we go back in time and think about the states that then shut themselves down over this COVID, where their economies did a lot better than the ones that shut it down. And you look at the supply side that's happened here, and you can track that all back to the East Coast, West Coast, that decided to make this COVID issue a political weapon to shut down and pay people to sit at home and cause the problems that we have with our supply side, on the supply side. So it all rests in the Democratic Party. All right, so the supply side of the thing is only, has been caused by East and West Coast states. Well, why don't you the look at the supply chain states. issues in the go, world are caused go, by California. Go back and look at the states that shut down, look at the states that didn't shut down, and look at how the COVID rates really went. And look at whether or not it was logical to go through the shutdown that we went through. Okay, what, are, what's, you, where does Wisconsin stand data, here? Where does Wisconsin stand here? What? Where does Wisconsin stand in this? Well, Wisconsin was kind of middle of the road because they had a legislature that wasn't going along with the governor trying to shut everything down. And you can look at all the restaurants, all the uh, industries that sat along the border with Wisconsin and Minnesota, as people cross the border over into Wisconsin to go out to eat when Minnesota was shut down. I'm sure the businesses over in Trempolo, La Crosse, and other municipalities are a whole lot better than the ones that did on the Minnesota side of the river. All right. Thanks, Thanks Mark. Uh, covered a lot there. Uh, I don't to... know that we can blame everything on one party or one president. Well, yeah, we can. Well, you can, but I don't know if it's useful. We just did. We just did, Brett. Also, Joe Biden's talking about painting those six-packs Rockstar Energy drinks. That's where I got the idea. It now was, we know. It was Joe Biden, Governor Evers, and Joe Biden teamed up. They were down uh, at the La Crosse Airport. You could take pictures of them. Uh, you could see them scheming. Where was Mandela Barnes? Where was Mandela? All right. So I want to talk about the Oktoberfest a little bit. Um, yes. We have almost... So the, I, I don't know a whole lot about this. There's Oktoberfest royalty. Yes. This is a big deal amongst this the is big, I, I, I have just been to an undisclosed location where I saw October a lot of Oktoberfest royalty in the last couple of hours. Well, is they, are they conniving something illegal? No, they're, like partying. they're partying. Um, all right, so 
where, where, where are we with revealing royalty? Are we almost We have there? one left to be revealed Wednesday night at the Festmasters Ball. Now, what are you going to this, and do, what are you going to wear? I... Or is there a red carpet? <laughs> there, there could be a red Wait, carpet. Wait, does everyone wear, what is it called, leader, leader hose? The men wear the later hosen, the women wear the dirndls. Okay. Sometimes the women wear later hosen. I have been known to do that. Okay, that would be funny if we had like a Festmasters ball red carpet where the, we took pictures. That could happen. Why don't we do that? That that's that's a possibility. Do you have? We know in a, we know, we have enough people in our company and who have worked for our company that they could get that done. Well, I don't think it's a red carpet, but yeah. it, it's whatever the Oktoberfest version of the red carpet is. Yeah, we don't have paparazzi here, but we have enough media. We had, to we play. had paparazzi at the undisclosed location where oh. I was at. Oh, really? We yeah, uh, eight and nineteen basically. So, eight and nineteen and, and me and Tribune probably. right and Tribune. Um, so yeah, so we we haven't announced the Festmasters Ball. We'll do that. So that that PM. that happens Wednesday night. That is the last person to be revealed for the the uh, Fest family for this year. Everybody else has been publicly revealed. Now the history of of Oktoberfest, we've we've moved the number of days. So we're at four days right now. When it was nine days, it was nine days long. It it, it, it progressed. Uh, we start 1961. That was the first year. Yeah, we're 61 and that years was October, October of 61. They had three days. Now, at some point, it progressed to four days. And when I started college here, it was five days. In the 70s? In the 70s. Oh, boy. Yes. And by the 80s, it had grown to seven days. Usually started on Friday and finished up on Thursday night with the Torchlight Parade. Yeah. In 2000, it went to nine days. They decided this is a good thing. Let's expand it so we have two v- two two weekends. <laughs> this is how, the, how we weekends. say it. This is how we, we have two weekends. Yeah. Um, and then, and then <laughs> start talking. I'm going to spend the rest of the week talking like this because that's what you do. But but that went until 2014. Yeah. Is we the is that the problem is. With the two weekends, I mean, people would go to the fest grounds on the weekends, and you would have other events like the Ladies' Day luncheon and the you know and so on to fill between the two weekends. But people weren't necessarily going to the fest grounds. It was just too much. Nine days it was, was too much. They, and- they, that's what they kind of figured. Nine days was too much, so they scaled it back to four days, and now it's basically Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and there's some well, events on Sunday. What I was working at is when it was seven or nine days. Yeah. And we had because the last thing we reveal is the fest master. Was that at any point the first thing we reveal is the fest master? No, we it's, all, it's almost always the last He's thing because old. what they build to is although they're well, I'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> I will get to that in a moment because they've changed that occasionally. Now, uh, generally, the first person you hear about uh, of the new fest family is Miss Lacrosse Oktoberfest. They have the. Uh, Back in uh, a couple of weeks ago, they had the pageant, and this is a preliminary to Miss Wisconsin and Miss America. So that's that's one that we don't find nobody finds out until the night that happens because that's a competition. Yeah. Uh, then at about the same time, the special fester is announced, and a few days after that, you have the parade no, march. Special fester. Is, special is fester a child, is, right? is a child, no, a, a younger person. Yes. Not a, Im- a younger a younger person who. Is has uh, special needs and that sort of thing. Okay, so we 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 honor. A, it's not a person impersonating Uncle Fest. No, I I volunteered to do that. It's yeah. like, hi, Gomez. Right. So we miss, uh, but we have all these people. The Mrs. October. Uh, we have, with the parade marshals, the torchlight, and the uh, Maple Leaf parade marshals. And just this past weekend, 
they introduced Mrs. Oktoberfest is Sandra Cleary this year. And uh, so the only ones left to be publicly revealed are the Festmaster and the Frau. Now, there were a few years ago, this is what happened when they shrank it from nine days to four days. Normally, the nine-day Oktoberfest, or for many, many years, the Festmaster's Ball was the first night of Oktoberfest. And then the next day was the Maple Leaf Parade. But when they shortened it to four days, they went to a Thursday, a Sunday schedule, and all of a sudden they found out, we're not introducing the Festmaster until the fest is half over already. So they said, well, we can't do that. So for a couple of years, they announced the Festmaster back in August. That was the first person they introduced. Okay. It was like 2017, 2018, and they decided, mm, no, that doesn't quite work. So we, we like having the Fest Masters Ball right before the Fest starts. So they went back to doing what they're doing now. Yeah, and we say it's four days, but really it starts Wednesday night with the ball. It starts Wednesday night with the ball, and, and then you the Thursday, Thursday. Yeah, there's some things on Thursday. It's not as much because they found out, and the same thing with Riverfest is that uh, a lot of people don't necessarily go on Sunday. They will come into town perhaps and then leave town on Sunday, so you wouldn't have a whole lot of people at the fest grounds. We're figuring that out with events all over. People want to just chill on a Sunday. They don't want right. to go to the thing, so just let people leave. So there are there are things Saturday. going on, but it's not as as part of the schedule that they normally have. The big events are Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. You were embedded in the newsroom in 2014. How big of a controversy was it from going from nine and cutting it more than in half to four I days? don't know that it really was a controversy. I think it's... They perhaps may have kept it as a nine-day festival longer than because they thought this is still we can make this work at nine days, and then realized, eh, four days is good enough. So I no, I don't recall really a, a controversy well, over that. Controversy. I don't really recall a controversy over announcing the Festmaster in August. It's just like, well, we like it the way we've always done it, so maybe we'll just go back to that. The amount of time, volunteers, money spent on a festival that last two weekends plus nine days. I mean, is you could you could ask burden. somebody. You you could ask people at Summerfest in Milwaukee, for that matter, and they've they've gone to what three weekends instead. It used to be a ten day event there, spanning two weekends, and I think they've gone to three weekends uh, partly because of COVID. But uh, that's that's what they've been doing now. Uh, state fairs. Have gone back to the the two weekend when, when nine it was days. nine days, or yes. did we have more than two parades, or was it always no? Been two we've uh, we've always had the two big parades okay. uh, at least since the early seventies. We've had the two big parades. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And do, is there any? I mean, there uh, they have a smaller. They used to have a smaller parade, and they I guess they still do really on the morning of the tapping of the golden keg, which is now okay Thursday night. We have. The Torchlight Parade on the north side, which is, you know, first night of Oktoberfest. The next day is the Tapping of the Keg, which is at the south side fest grounds. And they have a little parade through downtown bringing the keg to the fest grounds and, oh, and everybody. Right. Yeah, yeah so that's, that, is a, that draws a huge crowd on Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, you can see it like, you know, 9 o'clock on 3rd Street. Nine in the morning on Friday on Third Street at Dell's Bar, and it's like everybody's outside on the, uh, the 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 sidewalk because it's Oktoberfest. Now you might not know off the top of your head, but I'll just see if you got one. Do, in covering Oktoberfest, 
biggest, you know, police story? Do you have one where something, this is... The biggest, I I think more of other events like uh, there used to be the Coon Creek Festival. You know about the Coon Creek? No, what I'm saying is the an incident that the police had to deal with. That's what I'm thinking. Of, oh, okay. Yeah, is more know. like the Coon Creek when when a police car was set on fire one year. But that oh, was. We, but I don't think there's been anything that bad. But I go back to the era where public consumption was something you got ticketed for or you got taken to jail, and uh, in the seventies. They'd count, it's like, oh, like 58 people got taken to jail last night for drinking on the street or you know, disorderly conduct and but that sort of thing. Do we block off downtown La Crosse for October? Uh, part, partly. Right. They Is partly right? block it. And yeah. and that's because of things like Coon Creek where people just... Well, people can be in the streets and drinking. People can be in the streets, but you don't necessarily have cars going through right, that's what that I mean. area. That, right. And that's why we block it off. And All they right. detour. Yeah. All right. That's Brad Williams. I think we... I think we got the quiz. We quizzed you enough, huh? Well, for one day, anyway. For one There's day. a lot of Oktoberfest. All right. Thanks, Brad. Yep. We'll be back after this. All right. That's all the time I have for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm going to keep the Oktoberfest theme here for the rest of the week. Hopefully, I have some people lined up uh, from the police to explore lacrosse to uh, people affiliated with Oktoberfest. So we'll see you again tomorrow.